What? What? I go hard, cuz. Hey, you guys. I hope you guys are doing good. <laughs> hope y'all can hear me. Let me make sure my screens are together. Give me just a second. Because you know this one stream likes to pop up and be loud. There we go. You guys are doing good. Oh, look at that. Just like I said. Anyways, I hope you guys are doing good today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today I got time. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. So yeah, we def we're definitely going to get that started. Give me just a second here. Make sure I have all my notes pulled up. Hey, y'all. Hope y'all are doing good. Uh, today is Tuesday. This week has gone by so quick already. It's already Tuesday. I can't believe it. I was going to stream yesterday, but I was not feeling too well. So I just stayed in bed the whole day. But today I feel better. So today I got time because literally, okay? Uh, let's see here. We got a super chat. TJ sent $20. Thank you so much. Says, T, I was writing in the Discord about Corey. As a parent, I'm completely intentional about my actions and behaviors because my kids are watching. Sidebar, my one-year-old says, yay, every time she hears your podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for the super chat. Thanks for the love. I love those little kids on my podcast. It's just, I don't know, it makes me happy. You know what I'm saying? Children bring me joy. So thank you, sis. Uh, let's see here. Theodore Bethes says, T, we missed you on Instagram. We love you and appreciate all the work you do. Love you. I miss you too. And I miss my DM friends on Instagram. Child, Eva, you know who you are, Eva. Okay, my little, my little Barty gang friend. Hit me up. I miss talking to you every morning, spilling tea. Uh, who's the other one? Great Cardi, please hit me up. Bloody Shoes found me, so I talked to her yesterday. I don't remember anybody's Instagram name. I just know some of y'all's names. I don't, y'all be having hyphens and stars and all that shit. So, child, I can't find nobody. Okay, so I miss y'all. Please send me a message. Follow me again. You know, so yeah, I miss my own Instagram, but I'm honestly, I'm over Instagram. I'm not even on my new Instagram like that. After sleeping all day, I posted some stuff by T.I. and Tiny and went right back to bed. So I don't even post on my new Instagram like that. It's just mainly for updates and to let you guys know when I go live. So I just, I, I'm just over Instagram. I just, I don't like them, but I do miss the conversations that I used to have with people on there. I will say that. But, um, so child, the new Instagram, I got a bunch of requests. I haven't, I'm not even approving anybody right now just because I, it seems like once I hit over a hundred thousand people, Instagram just really started monitoring me. So I just said, I'm going to just leave it at where it's at with 20 or 25,000, however many, and just leave it at that. I just really don't even want anybody else on there unless you were in my DMs. And we used to talk every morning. Like I really miss my DM family. But it is what it is, okay? But I'm glad y'all missed me. I think I was funny on Instagram. I, you know, I had all the funny memes and I used to keep it real. So I definitely missed that, but it was just too much of a headache. Um, Strawberry Senpai, she says, hello, beautiful, sending positive vibes. Thank you so much, sis. Appreciate you. Um, Acura Dion says, been waiting for my auntie for the real breakdown. Yes, come on through. Uh, Lady D, Sim 499, she says, what do you think about Darnell Brown's situation? People are saying it's a setup. I don't know who Darnell Brown is, but thank you. I'm not sure who that is. I'm going to have to research. 
Um, what's up, Miss Kitty? She sent $20. Thank you so much, sis. Marvin D says, hey, sis, how are you, pretty lady? I am doing good. Thank you for sliding through, Marvin. Appreciate you. Um, Miss Renee Echo says, hey, T, just coming through to show some love. I'm still at work, but you still on first, but you still come first. Thank you so much, sis. Thanks for coming through. Oh, my God, I've got a $50 super chat. Etiquette 16 sent $50, says, I've been watching you for years. I appreciate all your hard work. Keep doing your thing. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. Y'all always come through with the love. Um, thank you to everybody in the chat, honey. Thank you to the haters, too. 14 dislikes. Y'all hoes ran here fast, honey. They're, they're a part of the notification squad just to hit dislike. Come on through. Even the haters. Y'all know I'm entertaining. That's why y'all come. That's why y'all hit dislike. Y'all know y'all don't hit dislike and leave. Okay? So let's make sure we hit the like button. Because, you know, the likes are always higher than the dislikes. So make sure you hit that like button. You know what I'm saying? Make the haters mad. They come in, they sip tea, and they hit dislike. It's the funniest shit. I, if, I, if I did not like somebody, I could not be first as soon as they go live. I would just not watch them. But, you know, let me go ahead and shake my titties for the haters. So anyways, let's get on to it. Let's get on to the show. Okay? I got to talk about this whole Vanessa Bryant situation. Y'all know they just inducted Kobe Bryant into the Basketball Hall of Fame, honey. And it was beautiful. You know, I thought it was like, I thought her speech was very moving. I loved how she spoke about the injuries and the things that he put his body through just for the fans. Anybody here, you know how Kobe's a girl's dad. I hate when guys are like, I'm a girl's dad. Sir, you have 10 kids by five different women of all sexes. You're not a girl's dad. Stop it. Okay. I am a boy's mom. Meaning, I don't have any daughters. So I'm a boy's mom. Kobe Bryant is a girl's dad. Meaning, he has no sons. Can people who have multiple kids of different sexes stop saying that they're boys' moms when they have a daughter or that they're girls' dads when they have, when they have a son? Stop. Okay? So, anyways... Um, I just love how she talks. So being, you know, a boy's mom and, and being having to deal with your kids in sports and stuff, you deal with that. You see that. You see how much work these kids put in from the time they're babies, you know, to getting hurt on the basketball court, getting hurt during games. It's like the most nerve wracking thing. So to listen to how, you know, when he had torn his Achilles and he just pushed through because she was saying that the reason why he would push through even through his injuries is because he remembers being a kid and sitting up in the nosebleeds watching Michael Jordan and some of his favorite athletes and watching them push through, you know. So I really thought it was sweet. I thought she did a really good job. Well, child, here comes Anissa. <laughs> I think that's how you say her name. Shit. At, yeah. Anissa. Anasa Sims. Now, y'all know I've done videos on her before. So if y'all don't know who Anasa is, I think it's Anasa. Sorry if I'm butchering it, honey. But um, she is Matt Barnes' baby's mama. And I hate the fact that all the blogs are like, Matt Barnes' baby mama. I'm like, she has a name. So she's the one who, you know, had a child by Matt Barnes. We all thought they were getting married. And then Matt Barnes went crazy on her about a year ago. And then she was blasting him. And Beverly Johnson, her mama's the model, Beverly Johnson, beautiful black woman. My mama came out, was blasting Matt Barnes. It was a whole mess. But, bitch, I was here for it. Had my teacup. I was sipping slow. So anyhow, Anissa has come out. And she's basically blasting Vanessa. Okay. And I don't know how I feel about this. I'm going to, what I want to do first, I'm going to play you guys just a snippet of Vanessa's speech. In the beginning of her, of her speech, she speaks about Kobe Bryant's parents. And she mentions how Kobe wanted them there. 
Now, I will say, let me, okay, let me play this speech first. I want y'all to listen to the speech, just a snippet. It's 12 minutes, but I'm only going to play the first minute. So I want y'all to listen to this first, and I'm going to play, I'm going to read to y'all what Anasa said, okay? So give me just a second here to set this up real quick. All righty then. Okay, here we go. I wish my husband was here to accept this incredible award. He and Gigi deserve to be here to witness this. Gigi would be so proud to watch her daddy get enshrined into the Basketball Hall of Fame. I know Kobe is really looking forward to being here. He, he asked the Hall of Fame to specifically add a sixth ticket for Capri. He was so happy. He didn't really talk about upcoming awards, but he did mention this one a week before he and Gigi passed. My husband and I were sitting at our kitchen island, and he and I had a conversation about my mother and father-in-law attending tonight's enshrinement. I invited my mother and father-in-law to tonight's enshrinement to thank them for bringing one of the most amazing human beings into this world. Pam and Joe, thank you for raising Kobe to be exceptional. Thank you to all of Kobe's family. Sharia, you've gone above and beyond. I love you. There will never be anyone like Kobe. Kobe was one of a kind. He was special. He was humble. Off the court. But bigger than life. Okay, so let me go ahead and come back on the screen. So you guys just heard what she said. It was a beautiful speech. I thought that it was well put together, was very articulate. But once again, me being me, I was wondering where was, you know, Jelly Bean Bryant, the daddy? Where was Pamela Bryant, the mama? You know, I was surprised that they weren't there. And I think a lot of people were wondering that as well. So Anissa, nobody, nobody at all. Here comes Anissa spilling tea. So this is what she had to say about the situation. She took to social media and she said this. I'm going to go ahead and read this to you guys here. So Anasa, Anissa, sorry if I'm mispronouncing it, she says his parents didn't just choose not to go to the HOF. His parents were totally disrespected at his memorial. They weren't personally invited to the HOF. I wish that his parents were told that Kobe said that he wanted them there just before he passed. I heard that mentioned in her speech last night. His parents should have been told that. That should have been told that that conversation happened. If they would have known that prior to hearing it at the HOF speech last night, I believe with all my heart they would have attended. I believe, and I believe that they would have bought them so much, that it would have bought them so much comfort to know that that's what their son's heart and mind. Oh, to know that that was in their son's heart and mind. My heart breaks for his parents all over again. Shayla wasn't invited, so she was able to stay home with the parents and comfort them. Imagine not knowing a vital conversation like that took place just one week before your child passed away and not being told. Lord, please continue to comfort this family. Then she goes on to say, I don't know what you're talking about. They aren't holding on to anything. They are loving, private, peaceful people. They haven't done anything to anyone. They've never once said one negative thing about anyone, not one single public interview or article. They are simply grieving the love 
of their the, the loss of their only son. They were asked by a third party from the Hall of Fame if they wanted to purchase tickets to the HOF purchase. It was made clear that the tickets, flights, and hotel accommodations would not be taken care of. They are amazing, dedicated grandparents to the grandchildren that they're allowed to see. Mm. With all that said, I believe they would have purchased tickets they were offered had they known he said that he wanted them there. They would do anything for their son and all their grandkids. That's the kind of people they are and have always been. So that is what um, Anasa had to say. Now, I will say this. I remember when I was looking up some information about her and Matt Barnes last year, and um, I had seen conversations she was having with Kobe. So she does know the family. She's not just being messy. Like she she knows the family because even Kobe was tweeting her at one point, you know, little stuff like, hey, happy Easter, you know, things like was nothing deep. But so she did deal with the family. Now, what I find very interesting is that Vanessa got up there and she talked about the parents and how Kobe would have wanted them there. And that is very interesting. If that was the conversation that they had, why not tell the parents that? Why not say that this was one of Kobe's final wishes? They would have came. And another thing is she also spoke later on in the speech about how Kobe made sure to get a six ticket for their baby, their baby girl at the time. You know, she's a little bit older now. Um, if he wanted the parents there, why not request free tickets for his entire family? I just don't understand the dynamic. It's just very weird to me, this whole, you know, I get it when you get married, you're with your wife, you're with, you know, your immediate family. But this whole, my parents are over here, I'm over here, my sisters are over here. It's just, it's a really weird family dynamic with them. And she even let the cat out the bag when she says the grandchildren that they see. Okay. So when I'm hearing the grandchildren that they see, I'm taking that to mean that they only see the sisters' grandkids and that they don't really see Kobe Bryant's kids. Because why would she say the grandparents that they see? So that's, I mean, the grandchildren that they see, excuse me. So that's really weird to me. Now, a lot of people are mad at Nasa and saying that's not your place. You need to worry about the drama with your baby daddy and get up out of Vanessa's business. But I feel like if she, I feel like she mentioned their name. I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like the names of the parents were mentioned because they got so much backlash at the disrespect that took place at the memorial. If you guys remember at the memorial, nobody from the NBA, none of the coaches mentioned the parents at all. It wasn't until Shaq got up there and even acknowledged them. The audience didn't even know that the parents were there because we were all thinking, well, are the parents going to come? Are they not going to come? We know they weren't as close, you know, with a lot of drama. And then Shaq acknowledged them. And that's when the camera panned over. You know, the camera had to look for, oh, yeah, okay, there they go. I'm like, well, damn, the parents are there. Why are they not allowed to speak? This is their child, you know? So I, I just, I don't know. It's just, it's really weird to me. And I'm not trying to knock Vanessa because, you know, she's mourning and that's her husband. And, you know, I don't want to talk bad about it, but it's very, it's just a weird dynamic. I just don't get that. I agree with Anasa that if that was a conversation that you had with Kobe and he said that he wanted the parents there, one, why did Kobe not already order tickets for his parents and his, and his sisters and make sure that they were guaranteed a spot? That's one thing. 
But if this conversation was had because maybe he wasn't able to order a ticket in time for them, but it's weird because if you listen to this speech, she mentions later on in the speech that he ordered a ticket for the baby. So at that point, if you're ordering a ticket for a baby who's probably not even a year at the time, who does not know even who you are besides your daddy, why would you not order for your parents and your sisters? You get what I'm saying? So I found that very just strange. But I believe that that is the reason why she even took time to mention them because of the backlash that they got. She got backlash. The NBA got backlash. A bunch of people gave them backlash. I think Snoop Dogg was also one of the few entertainers who also came out and made sure to shout out, you know, Kobe Bryant's father and mother and who also stated this is not right. Because before there was ever Vanessa Bryant, like I told y'all when I did the whole video breakdown of their whole situation, before there was ever Vanessa and Kobe, okay, there was a Jelly Bean Bryant and a Pamela Bryant, and they're the ones who raised him. And if you even watch those old interviews that I found that I put in my video that I put together, Kobe was very fond of his parents. He was very spoiled. You know what I'm saying? His mother, you know, she adored him. She still did his laundry. They made sure that anything he needed, he had. He had the best of the best, went to some of the best private schools, you know, even when he lived in Italy. So it's just strange that their relationship got so fractured. And a lot of this became, you know, uh, came about because of his marriage to Vanessa. So, you know, the whole thing is just very interesting, but it seems like there's definitely more to the story. Now, was that Anasa's place to come out and, and spill that tea? Not really, but I will say that she does have a relationship with the Bryant family. I think she's best friends with one of Kobe Bryant's sisters, if I'm not mistaken. But I know that I have seen personal tweets of her and Kobe talking back and forth on Twitter. I wasn't able to find them today, but I've seen them in the past. So she does have a relationship. Kobe does know who she is. So, you know, she's not an anomaly or just trying to look for attention. She is very close with the family. So let's see here. Um... Patty Cake says, I'm sorry, but Cody, Kobe has always been a little shady. Uh, Zia Tamayo says, Vanessa's a gold digger and his parents know that. Uh, Shauna Fuller says, Vanessa has a Jezebel spirit. Damn, y'all are dragging Vanessa in the damn comments. Child, let me grab my damn pearls. Y'all are not playing with Miss Vanessa, honey. Uh, let's see here. Sophia Sim 499, she says, Vanessa said they talked about it. She never said that Kobe agreed for them to attend. Anissa still needs to mind her own business. Mm. Thank you so much for the super chat, sis. Appreciate you. Uh, Rona Full sent five and says, I honestly feel like Vanessa and her mother has something to do with how Kobe's parents are treated. The breakdown you did highlighted a lot. Thank you so much. And I know a lot of people really enjoyed that breakdown. I had a lot of guys on commenting and saying, thank you. I forgot all about this chapter in his life. And things like that. So it, it brought back a lot of memories and it was really cool to go back and research all that information. So thank you so much. Um, let's see here. Asia Muhammad says, hey, sis, a reminder again, my name is pronounced, oh, Aisha. The haters click the dislike button because they got dyslexia. LOL, I'm kidding. Don't come for me. Hit that like button, guys. Thank you so much for the $60 super chat. I really appreciate it. Thank you for coming through, sis. Uh, let's see here. Marilyn sent 1999 says, hello from London. I've been loving and supporting you from time for, uh, for some time and will continue to your friend, Marilyn. Thank you so much. And thank you for coming through all the way from the UK. That's what's up. Um, Obed Noel sent 10 says, you are a blessing to us all. 
Zolife. All right. Got the Haitians in the house. The Haitians be coming through, boy. Thank you so much. Appreciate you for coming through. Uh, let's see here. Brooklyn Kennedy says, we don't know what the situation is. The parents may have wanted it that way. We are all speculating. But the truth is Kobe wasn't cool with his parents. That's true. We don't know, you know. So thank you so much for coming through. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, Stacey Nelson says, Vanessa Bryant is treating Kobe Bryant's parents like they are crackheads who treated him like a stepchild. Bottom line is she is wrong. Mm. So, I mean, people have a lot of strong feelings when it comes to Kobe, Vanessa, the parents, and just everything that has just gone on. You know, that's just how it is on social media. Either you're team Vanessa and, you know, you want to see things get better for her or you're siding with the parents. Is There's not a lot of, you know, in between with a lot of people on social media. Um, let's see here. Lorna Urbano says Kobe and his rents relationship got tarnished after he married Vanessa. They didn't care for her. They felt like she was, they felt like he was too young to marry. Yes, I agree. That's when a lot of the drama did come in um, to their relationship. Let's see here. Uh, Shamrick sent a 499 sticker says you're the one, you're number one. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Uh, Tashani says, celebrate my first super chat. Let me shake these tatas for the haters. <laughs> Thank you so much, sis. Y'all are a mess. So that is what's going on with that situation. Like I said, y'all go on ahead, watch the video. I did enjoy her speech. You know, I thought the speech was well put together. You know, she spoke very eloquently, but you know, certain things didn't make my ears perk up. Like, okay, so he wanted the parents there, yet the parents aren't there, but yet the baby has a ticket to come to the show. Interesting. I don't know. So now on to the next topic here. We got to talk about this now. So the whole Joe Budden situation. So as you guys know, I talked about the whole Joe Budden, worry and mal drama. We did the whole podcast, me and Tiny, over the weekend. And so the very next day, that Monday, a woman named Olivia Dope, she was on Joe Budden's female podcast. I forgot the name of the female podcast that they had. Y'all can write it in the comments. Like I said, I just, I didn't watch his podcast like that. I didn't watch the female version of his podcast. I only really watch if it's like something viral or something going on with him. A lot of times as a commentator, you're not trying to watch other people's commentary who do the same thing you do. Cause I'm not trying to sound like nobody else. Okay. Hence why there's a lot of, you know, bootleg lovely tees out here, but you know what I mean? Lovely Joe. That's why we gave him that name. When you watch other people who do commentary on celebrity news, you can subconsciously subconsciously start sounding like them. So when people get mad, like, I, can, I don't believe you don't watch such and such as podcast. No, because I do celebrity news. Like, no, I watch podcasts that are, have nothing to do with what I'm into. You know what I'm saying? Just so I can always keep a fresh take and have my own personality and things like that. So I didn't watch the female version of the podcast. Um yeah, look, Pooh said no shade. I'm just keeping it real. You know what I'm saying? But if he's viral for something, if it's a story concerning Joe, then yeah, I'll tune in and, you know, go check it out. But um, so the woman came out, her name is Olivia Dope. And basically she's saying that Joe Budden harassed her. She went through a lot of unprofessionalism on his show. Uh, at one point he hugged her and he grinded his hips on her. You know, it's supposed to be a simple hug and he grinded his pelvis. 
I'm a fool. I'm sorry. Okay. I got, I'm entertaining. You know, you got the grinding and shit, you know? So I was just like, well, damn. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and play you guys the clip. Now, shout out to this person. They, they only have about maybe a few hundred subscribers. The person's name is Tommy Take. He basically put together the video of everything Olivia was saying. And then the timestamps, because if she's talking, she's like, timestamp 1325. He did this. Timestamp 1501. He did like, girl, you could have put the video together. We're not, I wasn't about to go through and timestamp and look up all this shit, but some man named Tommy did. His name again is Tommy's Take. So thank you. So I took um, from his videos, I had to put a freeze frame when Joe was talking because his podcast is copywritten. But I'm going to go ahead and play you guys what she's saying. And then the clips um, basically that match the timestamps that she's talking about. And then at the end, I found the video of Joe grinding his hips on her. Child, y'all got to watch this. Let me go ahead and play this for y'all real quick. Give me just a second to find the video here. I got so much stuff up, child. All these screens, honey. They said, lovely Joe was doing too much. Okay. So, all right, here goes the video. Hold up here. Okay, here we go. All right, so y'all go ahead and watch this. 13 minutes and 48 seconds. Joe calls me out by saying, I've never reached out to him privately or personally. Um, this information is important to this entire scenario because it proves my lack of familiarity with this person. And that is what makes everything that transpired after that so uncomfortable. At 14, 34, 14 minutes, 34 seconds, there's an edit in the recording because Joe says him and I should speak more because quote, he's been wanting to fuck me since we've met. Everyone in the studio, including production staff, laugh uncomfortably while one of my co-hosts confirmed that to be true. We probably should speak more because we had the least dialogue. Right. So I, I don't know. I, I never know. I don't know your triggers. I don't know what makes you feel. I don't know what makes you not feel. But I, I like by, by default, I like people by, not knowing. By default, I'm That's made of like stone. It is a defense. Yeah, but, we have but as a black woman in business, that has to be my for me. That has to be my defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. And for me to not speak to you, I'm a watcher. I observe my situations, my surroundings, and that's how I learn. But so both of y'all out here just observing it. Are, 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 but what yes. I'm saying is, this is when the therapist would say that our defense mechanisms are working against each other. In this right. we, should, we shouldn't be that it way is. because we're the same team. And that normal, that normal um, instinctuality that you have as a black woman in the workplace shouldn't exist when you're working with a black man. At 21 minutes, 30 seconds, uh, Joe tells me to hit a button, bitch, because I didn't hit a sound effect fast enough. Besides <laughs> Yo, but why don't y'all take a minute to just talk about how great the uh, 
girl, I guess, forever was. I, yeah, you, it was good. What? It come on, good. come on. Yes, come on. Up. Yes. Come on. Yes. Yes. Hit a button, bitch. Come on, bitch. You can't do that. You have a dick. You can't say yo. bitch. I yo. hate <laughs> yo, I, I hate it here. To be honest, when I'm posting, I hate it here. Joe can't tell whether it's a joke or not. Joe, Either. This is probably why I'm me. single as fuck. Cause I, I, no, I, 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 I don't, I don't feel like I'm singleness. I'm like, wow, it's crazy. We're <laughs> about to be a network power couple. Oh, no, God. we're not. Sorry, no. sorry, Joseph, we're not. Damn it. But this is why I probably why I'm single. I feel like Michael, I shouldn't have Michael to tell you Lori. that part. Oh I my God! Uh, take that, Michael B and Lori. Joe is giving Joe is giving Marcus from Boomerang vibes. I make a comment about relationships in general within the conversation. Joe retorts that my shirt that I was wearing isn't buttoned like like I'm single. Excuse me. I have to repeat that. My shirt that I'm wearing isn't buttoned like I'm single. I pause, cover my chest with my hand, and try to brush it off once again and continue the conversation. Hey. You don't want to deal with this shit, do you? She's, she's Angela. I, I, she's Angela from Boomerang. That's true. Like Liv like. is Angela from Boomerang, for the record. <laughs> um, at 31 minutes, 42 seconds, to about 35 minutes and change, Joe makes me feel like I'm a, in a hostile work environment by letting my co-hosts know that I am carrying the group because they don't dress sexy enough. Um, now, not only am I embarrassed for myself in, in being objectified, but also you're making other women that I have to work with on a regular basis uncomfortable by telling them they don't dress sexy enough. Like I said, this transpired while recording in front of cameras and in front of the entire production staff. I both have on our cargo pants today. Right. We're definitely giving uh, Destiny Shouts to Five Girls. Olivia carries us through you guys' oh, auntie moments. This is what we're not going to do is call Joe Fresh Goods auntie attire because Joe Fresh Goods is the black owned company and I'm supporting him today by wearing his shit. It's MLK Day. Two hours, 17 minutes, and five seconds in the timestamp. Joe asks if he can give me an on-air hug. My co-host said yes, they insist, and I slowly get up to hug him. Still apprehensive, I give him a hug somewhat of a, of a distance to kind of hug no pelvis there. Um, it's unbeknownst to me until I actually watched back the episode that he was moving his hips while he was hugging me. Um, I laugh uncomfortably because I'm just, I don't know what else to do at that point. It's, it's nervous laughter at this point. 
go get an on-air hug from Olivia. Yes. Oh. Oh. <laughs> y'all, y'all need to talk more. Come on, I Network Five. Look at this. Look at this family. Oh. Look at this family affair. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love the no, choice of music. The- All right, y'all. Ciao, Mr. My Head Star Lie. <laughs> My Shakira voice, honey. We got over 10,000 people in here. Thank y'all for coming through. Make sure y'all hit that like button. Okay, so this is my issue with this, and I and I have to ask some honest questions. That's just what I do. I have no dog in this fight, and I did ask around. Because I think a lot of times, okay, let me say this. First, everybody's trying to start a podcast and, you know, a lot of these, and I don't know if she's a celebrity. Um, I'm assuming she's a big enough name. I don't know because I just don't watch this podcast, right? But a lot of people are starting podcasts. So you got people trying to connect and, and mash personalities together and things like that. And, you know, you have to know what you're getting into first. So let me say that. I asked my homeboy, I said, well, what kind of podcast was this? Was this like a woman empowerment podcast? Was it about, you know, how to, you know, be business minded? And he said, they seem to have hit on more like sexual stuff. You know, a lot of sexuality being uh, thrown around. Uh, The one girl was always talking about like, you know, I guess sex and just different things like that. So it's more of an adult podcast. If y'all have watched it, y'all can let me know, right? So it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't so much about like just women's stuff. It was like just different things. But but sexuality was definitely, you know, at the for, at the forefront. You know, that's what my, my homeboy said, because I guess I haven't watched it. I don't think he said it's, it wasn't like lip service, like Angela Yee's lip service is very sexual. He said it wasn't like that, but it wasn't like a prudish podcast, basically. Right. So. And the reason why I asked that, because remember when Jocelyn went off on Wendy Williams about, oh, you need to give me my flowers now. And Wendy threw that whole basket of fake ass flowers like, bitch, here. You know, and just threw a whole bunch of fake flowers at her. But the way Jocelyn was talking, if you didn't know better, you would have thought she had this, you know, woman empowerment show that made black folks look good. And then come to find out, she's talking about her damn cabaret show. Like, girl, sit the fuck down. Anybody about to give you no flowers for that bullshit? You know what I'm saying? So that was my whole question. What kind of podcast was this? Okay. Because again, if you're more prudish or if that if that's not something that you're really into, you need to understand everything is not for you. Like some females can roll with the punches and they know how to handle somebody like Joe. Other females are not that comfortable, right? So that's one thing as women, we need to also understand before we get into certain situations. Also do backgrounds on these guys. Is Joe professional? Hmm. Okay. We've heard a lot about him, the way he, you know, stiffed his homeboys. You know, he's had a lot of different issues with women in the past and things like that. So again, you can't be so quick to run to go work with people just because they have a name, just because they're popping. Okay. Another thing, she made a comment that just kind of, mm, it kind of made my ears perk up and I wasn't really feeling her comment because I felt like it, it, it's like, it's double speak. If you guys remember at the beginning, let me find my notes here. Joe had said that you have to, you know, I don't know what triggers you. I don't know what bothers you. 
And she says that she doesn't like people knowing her triggers because that way you can't, um, you know, it, it's kind of like her defense mechanism. One of the girls brought that up. That's your defense mechanism. She doesn't want people knowing her triggers. I didn't like that. And I don't know if y'all agree with this or not, not that I care. I didn't like that because I feel like this, okay? When you're working in that type of environment, you need to let people know. You need to come in letting folks know, you know what I'm saying, things that you'll accept and things that you won't accept. Because when you let things slide, then that starts to compound on top of each other. The reason why he felt that comfortable probably saying those things to her and to those girls is because they let a lot of shit slide, okay? There's nothing wrong with telling people your triggers and things that you will or will not accept. And unfortunately, sometimes as women, when, we're to, when we tell people like, I don't play them games. You're a bitch, all you're mean, you think too highly of yourself, then so be it. Like people know when I deal with people, I'm big on energy. That's one thing I told my realtor, I'm big on energy. And the second I'm not feeling somebody or something, they're cut off. Wish them well, but I don't, I don't hold on to people if I'm not feeling you. If you're switching up and, and, and you know, the, the initial vibe that we had or the initial character that I thought that you were that type of person and you switch up and your whole character changes, I'm out. Adios. So there's nothing wrong with telling people your triggers. There's nothing wrong with standing up for yourself because the problem is when I'm watching that video and y'all can say it's uncomfortable laughter, but it didn't look that uncomfortable to me. It looked like these were women who played around with Joe just as much as he played around with them. Laughed, kiki, called him out. When he said certain things, they laughed. Even when he was like, you know, when he said, bitch, why did she, you know, they said, like, don't call us no bitch. As females, we can call each other bitches. You don't have the right to call us a bitch. But as they're saying that, they're also laughing. And he's laughing. And you know the difference between when somebody's saying, yo, bitch, I'm going to beat your ass, compared to, y'all bitches is tripping. And it's like a jokey, jokey thing. And that's the vibe I got from Joe when he said that. But is that appropriate for a boss to say to his employees? No. But again, this is where people need to decide, are we going to have a professional, strict HR corporate relationship or is it going to be like family? And see, this is where everything gets muddied with these podcasts because you got every Joe Blow starting a podcast. There's no corporate channels. There's no HR. Like, who, who's HR? Ian? Savan? The, the behind the camera guy? Like, who's HR? There is none. So again, you got to understand all of this stuff. Now, here goes a dumb bitch. I'm glad y'all deleted their comment. Ailey, you can get your uh, sensitive ass out of here. Okay, now you're black. Time out. I believe that you're blaming the women. How am I blaming women? Okay, when I'm telling women what to look for, and I'm also saying that you cannot send mixed signals. You can't sit there and laugh and kiki, and then months later, now it's all this oh, I'm mad, he did this to me, he did that to me. And then you're telling him, you don't wanna let him know your triggers. And what I'm saying is you better let people know your triggers and let them know that you're not one to be fucked with because they know how to handle you. They're gonna give you a certain level of respect. If I come out here and I let people think they can run over me, tell all types of sexual stuff, talk to me any type of way, they're go once you give somebody an inch, they're going to take a motherfucking mile. And bitch, if you can't understand the words that are coming out of my mouth, this ain't the stream for you. 
Anytime somebody speaks the truth, y'all want to come in here crying and twisting my words. Now, one time did I blame that woman. I played her what she was saying, and I'm responding to it by, uh, by how I feel, how I'm interpreting it. Because you can't cry about the bitch word, but all y'all are sitting there laughing. Like I said, set your boundaries from jump. You can't quit and then now everybody's talking about boundaries and, and shoulda, woulda, couldas. You set your shit from jump. You let people know how, how what you're willing to take and what you're not willing to take. Because when you don't set your boundaries, that's how you have bosses who then turn around and try to sleep with you. Because you've never set those boundaries. When I work corporate, couldn't none of my bosses come to me with no bullshit about come suck my dick in the parking lot. But guess what? They did that to other bitches in there. I didn't play them games. So again, it's about your energy and the things that you're willing to take and not take. Does that absolve Joe what he did? Absolutely not. Because as a boss, you're in a leadership position. You're in a, a, in a position of power and authority. So you need to handle yourself as a boss and not try and handle yourself as the homeboy. So again, back to what I was saying before this bitch interrupted with her whining and crying is that all these folks starting podcasts and starting YouTube channels together. Y'all need to decide when y'all first start, is this going to be a professional environment with an HR person? You know what I'm saying? Payroll, all that stuff. Or is it just going to be some homeboy, homegirl shit? Are we going to talk and shoot the shit like we do on the phone, like we clown? Like when me and Tiny do our podcast, that is my homeboy. So me and him have a certain level. We can play with each other, joke around. He's not going to take offense. I'm not going to take offense. I don't know Joe Button. So Joe Button can't play with me in the same way my homeboy Tiny can. You get what I'm saying? So you have to set that. And that's what I'm letting all these young girls know right out the gate. I don't care if it's a podcasting gig, if it's a corporate gig, if it's you frying chicken at Bojangles. Don't let nobody disrespect you because the first time you allow them to disrespect you, they're going to keep disrespecting you and they're not going to see anything wrong with it. You trust me, that wasn't the first time he caught them bitches in a joking manner or otherwise. The first time he said it, maybe that was the first time they caught themselves checking him on camera. But the first time he felt comfortable enough to be like, oh, y'all bitches is tripping. He should have been checked. Had he been checked, he would have had the balls to say it while they were on camera. So let's use common sense here. I'm not here to sit here and stroke your dick and make you feel good. I speak the truth on this channel. Thank you. Big facts. Let's see here. Uh, Chief Keith's, oh, T, <laughs> Chief Keisha Social. Thank you, said uh, 999 says T, boundaries were crossed. The pod was to be a female version of the Joe Button podcast. It's whack. She was whack, but they were intimidated. You, but they were intimidated by your unstable boss. We have all been and reflected once we've made it home tough. Yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff is reflection, but it's not just about reflecting. It's about learning from every situation. So I don't care if it's her situation, uh, Kobe Bryant's wife. Anytime I do commentary, I always tell folks, learn from other people's situations so that way you're not destined to repeat them. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with taking her situation and saying, okay, she had time to reflect. Because again, as human beings, hindsight is always 2020. So what I'm saying is looking at that video, what can we learn from that situation? And in my personal opinion, you have to learn that when you come into a situation, set boundaries, let people know your triggers. 
So that way they don't keep playing with you and thinking that things are appropriate and things are okay. Even him getting up and, and you know, whining on her. And she said she didn't even notice it until after. So that, that again says a lot. If she, if she didn't notice it in the moment, but she noticed it after, that says a lot too. And so for him to think that it's okay to do that as a boss and, and you know, as an authority figure, he was dead wrong with that. And see, what's going to happen is because people are not being honest about things. It's going to get to the point where men and women are just not going to really want to work together. Because at this point, people are not being honest about what their triggers are, what might may or may not offend them. Because, again, they don't want to ruffle feathers. They don't want to fuck up an opportunity. They don't want to fuck up a moment to, you know, because the female podcast could have been just as big as the Joe Budden podcast. So that's why I'm assuming maybe why they weren't speaking up. But unfortunately, when you do that, you're giving that person a chance to run all over you and create that type of, you know, chaotic environment. So I think what may happen in the future is you're going to have a lot of guys just saying, hey, we're just going to do our thing with the guys. The females do their thing. We don't want to mix genders and, and things like that on podcasts and in carefree environments because this leads way for people coming back later and saying this, this and that. There was another woman who also... Um, Seem to have had issues with Joe Button as well on the Revolt TV. And why is her name like the real pretty dark skinned girl? She ended up uh, leaving the show when she was on that. I cannot think of her name like just literally disappeared from my mind. If somebody could write it in the chat, she was on the Revolt thing with her, Remy Ma. I cannot think of her name. I'm waiting for it to like pull up because you know it's like Scotty Beam. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for whoever wrote that first. Scotty Beam. She also had issues with Joe and how he was talking to her and the things that he would say to her. And then people would like kind of drag her in the comments and things like that. And, you know, she's also had issues. Beautiful woman. She's also had issues in the industry with colorism. And then her replacement ends up being a lighter skinned woman. And so people were trying to say, you know, maybe that's why he was so on her because he didn't want her. He wanted to replace her eventually. You know, I don't know because I didn't watch the revolt situation. You know, I didn't watch them like that. But I remember that was like a big thing when she left. And see, a lot of times women will watch other women with these problematic men like Joe and then they'll go into the situation thinking that they're going to be different. Well, no, you're not going to change the situation. That individual has to change the situation. And he's had a pattern of being disrespectful to a female co-host and, you know, females in general. And so, again, you have to ask yourself, is this somebody that you want to work with? And sometimes as women, we're willing to chance that because we're looking at the, I guess, bigger picture that, you know, if this takes off or we could be the female version and this and that. But it looks like the show has since been dissolved. But Joe has been problematic for a while. But like I said, you know, as women don't never feel like you have to, you know, fall back and and, you know, not tell somebody if something is uncomfortable or that you have to do something for a job. Like if it's one thing. You know, I understand certain situations, certain jobs where women may let certain things go because that is their only source of income. You know, this is a job they've been at several years. It's a quote unquote. And I, and I hate saying real job, but let's say like a job in the real world as opposed to a podcast. Like literally anybody can start a podcast. So, I mean, for me, if he was getting so disrespectful to that point, I'm out. It's not funny anymore. I'm out. And eventually she did leave. 
But you never should have to feel like you have to be in that type of situation because, again, there's so many opportunities right now for anybody to go and start their own podcast, YouTube channel, and get it on their own. You don't have to depend on any of these guys or any bigger platforms. You know, and that's what I want to reiterate to young girls. I don't want you feeling like you have to take up, you know, like you have to deal with abuse or belittlement or sexual harassment just because you're trying to make it through the door. It's not okay. Let's see here. Somebody else says something about, what about, okay, y'all about Karen Civil? What Karen Civil do? Somebody said the Karen Civil curse. Karen Civil shouldn't even be on his network, to be honest. So I don't watch her podcast. I think she got the podcast with Ming Lee. I forgot the name of it, but I know they do a podcast together as well. But yeah, you know, like I said, I'm going to always keep it real. Nobody's absolving Joe of anything. But I want young girls to understand, you don't have to put up with bullshit from anybody. I don't care if it's a regular corporate job, if it's a podcast, and especially if it's something like a podcast. You can go start your own shit. And it's probably going to feel a lot better starting your own thing from the mud than jumping onto somebody else's network. Because as arrogant as Joe is, he's always going to let you know he put you on. He, he bought you to where you're at. You know what I'm saying? You're only here because of him. That alone would turn me off. I don't want nobody feeling like they done made me or every aspect of my being. That's the same thing he's doing with Roy and Mal. Like they'd be nothing if it wasn't for him. So Joe Button's a trip, honey. Um, oh, I got some water spilling. Let's see here. Uh, Jalisa Nicole says, people fail to take accountability and responsibility. I understood what you said. When, when I show I'm not playing with people, I usually don't get disrespected by them. They know who to play with. Thank you so much, sis. I'm glad you got it. You see, the problem is you have a lot of people on the internet. They're fake outrage. They have fake sensitivity. So they'll hear one thing and automatically throw everything else that I'm saying or other people are saying out the window because, again, the truth irritates their demons. So I'm glad you understood where I was coming from. Nobody's blaming her. What I'm saying is that as women, it's okay to stand up for yourself. It's okay to tell somebody what your triggers are, and it's okay to tell folks what you will and won't accept. And if they can't deal with that, they feel like, oh, well, you're a bitch or you want too much, I'm out. Deuces. You didn't make me, you damn sure ain't gonna break me. That woman, Olivia, dope with somebody before Joe Button, and trust and believe she's gonna be somebody after the Joe Button podcast. Period, point blank. So don't ever let nobody, I don't give a damn, male, female, whatever, make you, make you feel like they built you and made you who you are. Ain't nobody your God but God. Uh, Marilyn sent $48.99, says, see, that's how much I truly love you. LOL, you're the best. Thank you so much. Thank you for the super chat. Really appreciate you. Um, King of Makeup says, I agree, T. Hashtag Blockiana. Yep. You know, we don't play that shit. We speak truth over here. We're not here to kiss nobody's ass or sit here and, and handle people with kitten gloves. You want that bullshit, go sit on the Oprah network where everything is filtered and sensitive towards women and, and things like that. I don't do that here. Okay, I hold everybody accountable for different things, no matter what the topic is. Man, woman, black, white, whatever. That's how I get down. So thank you. Uh, let's see here. Jessica Martinez says, putting this stimmy money to good use, good food, and a lovely tea live. Thank you so much, Jessica. I appreciate you, sis. Oh, Emily came through. Emily sent $10. She says, hey, friend. Hey, Emily. That's my other little podcast, friend. Thanks for coming through, sis. Appreciate you. 
Uh, let's see here. Uh, Triple V and me sent 99 cent. Thank you so much. Love you. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Miss Mary says, not team none of them, but the lady lost her baby. Damn Kobe and his family drama. He chose her at the end of the day. You look gorgeous, T. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I think, you know, and of course, that's why a lot of people feel bad for Vanessa, because it wasn't just her husband, you know, who died. It was also Gigi. So, you know, she's definitely going through a lot. But them fans, honey, they go hard. Let's see here. Um, Vernon Cully says, T, I was born in 1984. We need more of that 90s T. Keep shining, queen. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming through. Um, let's see here. Oh. King of Makeup said another 49 says Blocky Anna on Gang Gang tonight, girl. Y'all know that's how we get down. So, like I said, that whole situation with her, it's unfortunate. Now, Joe did apologize today. So let me go ahead and read to you guys Joe's apology, honey. So he did release a statement to Rolling Stone. Let me see if I can find that here. I got the notes too. Is this it? Okay. Okay, here it goes. Let me show y'all his apology real quick. Okay. So this is Joe's apology um, to Miss Olivia Dope. So he says here, I apologize sincerely to Olivia, her former co-host, our staff, and the public. In an effort to not further any trauma, the episode will be removed from all platforms. So that is what he said. Then he went on to say, we support all women's right to feel comfortable and protected in the workplace. We fell short of that in this instance. Then he says, the Joe Button Network takes accountability for the way his words and power created an upsetting environment. So that is what Mr. Joe Button had to say about the situation. That is his apology. I don't <laughs> I don't know if y'all are buying it, but I see the tiny violin. So I see right now y'all are not buying his apology. <laughs> y'all do not be playing with them tiny violins, honey. Let's see here. Uh, Sophia Gibbons sent 499 says, according to the girls, he had multiple chances to say, okay, according to the girls, she had multiple chances to say how she felt, but didn't feel comfortable. Love you, Auntie. So the other girls, are you saying the other girls from the podcast are calling her out and saying that she had multiple chances to say that to Joe? You know, again, like I said, like, you know, a closed mouth don't get fed. You got to be able to speak up. Okay, now somebody else says this, Little Cynical Sin 499 says, I know you're not blaming her, but I am. You do your, hold on, you do your coworkers a disservice when you don't tell them your triggers, it's unprofessional and unfair. Exactly. You know, like I said, that's the part that I want people to understand. Like she said that loud and clear. Like, I don't tell. I just sit back and I just watch. Well, you know, this is not the park where we're, we're looking at pigeons. You, you have to speak up. You have to let people know how you feel, because if you don't let them know, how do they know what's offending you? You know what I'm saying? Because some guys will, will, will put it there. You'll have guys who, you know, if they could, they walk around the office in boxers. <laughs> they little shit just, bling, 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 bling. you know what I mean? Like, you got to let them know I have now. Go put on some pants. 
So you you know you gotta let people know how far they can take it. I don't know why they just popped in my head. <laughs> you gotta let people know how far they can take it with you. I'm just saying. Uh, let's see here. Um, um, Mickey Small says this behavior smells a lot like relapse behavior. I hope he isn't, but I remember how he was during his relapse on Love and Hip Hop. I've been seeing a lot of people saying that Joe um, may be on drugs. I don't want to speculate that. That's just not my place. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to put any falsehoods out there. I don't know his sober situation. But I have heard people on social media say, you know, is he on drugs? Is he getting back high? I don't know. So I'll just leave it at that. But thank you. Um, let's see here. Vic, uh, oh God, virtuous beauty. All right. Sam 499 says y'all keep hiding behind victim blaming to avoid accountability. All y'all want to LOL. That just sounded like a regular ghetto conversation to me. Mm. Thank you so much, sis. I appreciate the super chat. Um, so you see a lot of people here, like I said, on my streams, we just keep it real. We have real dialogue. You know, you have certain streams where people just sit here and, and cater and coddle. Like I heard the breakfast club this morning. They was, oh, child. They, oh, and we want to send prayers and well wishes. Like as if she was beat up and, and tossed in the trash can. Like the one girl that was beat up and disrespected and tossed in the trash. Like it wasn't, you know, that wasn't what happened. And it's just very rich coming from Charlemagne and, and company who for years did shit that pushed the envelope with women. Remember he would sniff women's seats and talk about who had vintage boxes and he would say all types of derogatory shit. So it's very funny now that the breakfast club is a whole hum hum and whole positivity and whole well wishes. You know, I just, it's funny. It is so funny like how people have just totally switched up. You know, so I don't know. I just found that very interesting how the Breakfast Club now is now the moral authority of everything. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, Shy Guy sent $10, says, thank you for going live, T. My mom just went to the hospital for chest pains. I needed this tonight. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for the super chat. I hope your mom starts feeling better. I hope everything works out for you. So thanks for coming through, love. That's scary. Chest pains are always serious. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Sophia. Oh, did we read this one? Okay. So Sophia Gibbons said 999. She says they spoke about that on the day. They spoke about that day on their podcast today. And everyone asked if she was okay because the episode was a lot. They allowed her to edit. I heard about that too. That they did allow her to edit it. But she refused to edit it because she says that she didn't want to like be the Debbie Downer or, you know, act like she couldn't hang. And again, that's where you have to, you know, ask yourself, is this for you? And if you're that uncomfortable, why not edit it? If they're asking you and saying that you can't edit, take advantage of it and edit it out, you know? So I don't know. And I see a lot of people saying that the timing is also suspect. Because we know he's already getting drugged behind the whole Rory and Mouse situation. And now you have another ex-employee coming out and adding more sauce and more fuel to the fire. So I know a lot of people talked about the timing of it as well. Um, let's see here. Carrington sent $10 says, I love your work, T. I've been watching since 2012. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming through. Uh, the Real Ar Arredondo says, I had the same experience at work. 
I'm a smaller man for my age and I look younger. But this dude kept talking to me crazy. When I finally said something, he never said anything and even ended up quitting. Yes, I, I agree with you. And you have to. It's no, and you know, and it's the way that you say it. It's not about fighting because, you know, again, it's the work environment. This is not the damn playground. You ain't going to be in here throwing fisticuffs in the middle of the call center, okay? So, yeah, it's just about being assertive. And I think once you are assertive, you let people, hey, I don't play that. You can climb with all these other cube mates like that. But when it comes to this cube over here, this area, get away from me with all that mess. And it's not about being disrespectful. It's not about, you know, we're going to meet in the parking lot at three and, you know, throw hands. It's not about that. But once you assert yourself, then people know that they have to treat you with a certain level of respect. And honestly, when you assert yourself, it makes people respect you more. Like, yo, she's about her business. She's not dumb. She's not here to use her looks and her tits to make it through life. She actually has a brain. There's nothing wrong with that. So thank you so much for sharing your story. I appreciate that, bro. Um, Medelia Williamson, $5. Thank you for the super chat, sis. Um, Aisha Muhammad. <laughs> I got it right this time. She sent $50. She says, with the Joe Budden situation, I agree with you for the slow folks. Lovely T is not telling you guys to tell people your whole life situation to explain what triggers you. She means tell people, hey, I don't know you. I don't want you. I don't want you hugging me or don't have explicit conversations with me. Thank you. Again, common sense is not so common. There's literally people in the chat right now crying. Why should I have to tell them everything I've been through in life? Nobody's, we don't want to hear. Trust me. We don't want to hear shit that you've been through in life because we're trying to get through these calls. Bitch, we ain't got time to listen to your life story, okay? All we're saying is if something bothers you, speak up. We don't need a backstory about your mother being an alcoholic, your daddy being a crackhead, your baby daddy not being shit. We don't need that backstory. But if somebody, if you're in the office and somebody's like, whoo, got some good hair in the parking lot. Okay, sir, uh-uh, that's what we're not going to do. I don't want to hear about that. That that has nothing to do with your childhood. We don't need to know that you, you know, were touched and you went through stuff. You're just telling them this is not the right place. That is an appropriate conversation. I don't care if your girlfriend came to top you off during the lunch break. That's good for you. But do not have that type of conversation with me. That is an HR issue. That's not okay. And I mean, I'm, I'm being extreme with it and being funny. I'm, I, I would hope that nobody would come back from lunch and tell you that they got topped off during lunch, okay? But I'm being extreme. But what I'm saying is that you don't need a whole backstory to shut down that type of conversation, okay? Y'all know my damn examples are crazy. <laughs> so thank you, Aisha. You know what I'm saying? It's just common sense. We don't need a, we don't need a whole backstory. But if somebody's saying some stuff that just makes you uncomfortable or the situation, it's okay to pull them to the side or say, can we talk about this? Or I'm not feeling that. And they have to respect that. Because again, that's how you feel. They don't have to agree. Just like you ain't got to agree with everything I talk about, but you have to respect it. You know what I'm saying? So just like that. So thank you for making it clear. Because yeah, you got people crying tattoo tears. I don't understand why, but whatever. Uh, let's see here. Kay Bryan says, I forgot to say, sis, Leo gang gang, love from NOLA. Thank you so much, Kay Bryan. Appreciate you, sis. Uh, Miss Ashley Gates says, no, Beyonce, I can't drop the top off the Maybach, but I will drop the top off the Hyundai. Now that's the remix. Laugh my ass off. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> You're talking about from that one video that I did. 
Yep, that is so funny. But okay, so now I love I've been out here. Child, these conversations we just gone, but I've got over a damn almost 12,000 people in here. If you guys are liking the stream, make sure you hit like. Like I said, I'm gonna always come on. I'm, I'm just always gonna be fair. I'm gonna give a fair assessment of what I see. Okay, so this ain't about siding with anybody in particular. It's just how I see the situation. Um, y'all laughing? I don't know. I just worked on. A, I guess maybe my job was ratchet, honey. People used to be on break doing all types of stuff. So I'm just saying. I haven't worked in corporate in years, but child, don't let these corporate people make you feel bad like they're up here and you're down here because you're not corporate. Corporate America is one of the most ratchet places, honey. They be doing all types of shit, all types of nonsense on that damn hour lunch break. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, so I want to get on this topic. How long? Have, okay, so I've been on here an hour. Okay, so we, I, I'm going to stay another 30 minutes because I still wanted somebody said Cadillac Coochie. I'm not messing with y'all. Cadillac coochie. Um, so I want to talk about the whole situation going on with Snoop Dogg's, Snoop Dogg's daughter, Corey. This is sad. This made me sad. Now, I love me some Corey. I've been following her shit, since she was like in high school. Because I've always liked, she just always had like a really sweet spirit, you know, very positive. I like all of Snoop's kids. They all seem like, you know, well-rounded children. Um, the one was going to USC for football, then he stopped and he wanted to just do media. Um, but they were really, really good athletes, the two boys, you know, and Corey's just been through a lot. And if you guys remember a few years ago, Corey um, was talking about how she was just learning to accept herself because she's the darkest out of all her siblings. Her brothers are light skinned, she's dark skinned, you know, she's um, on the heavier side. So it always bothered her because a lot of people would pick on her on, on social media. So this was a video that came out a few years ago. And I talked about this um, a while back. So let me play this video for you guys a few years ago here. Give me just a second. Okay, so this is the video of Corey from a few years ago talking about being dark. A lot skin. of people tell me, oh, you're pretty for a dark skin. What is that? Are you shocked that I'm pretty? Because of my skin color, you wouldn't tell a light skin girl you're cute for a light skin girl. I started embracing my skin tone like two, three months ago. They called me ugly. You look like this. You're run out of the whole your family. I used to cry to my mom. Why do I have to be dark? I just want to be light skin and I've grew hair. Okay, so you guys see what Corey. Um, that snippet of Corey. So I thought things were getting better for Corey. She's been with Wayne. Wayne is her boyfriend. Very handsome too. Very handsome young man. I know the last time I was on her Instagram page, it was a while ago, but he had like did something special for her for like Valentine's day. He had like the roses and had, they had a hotel suite. And I mean, Wayne was going all out. I said, okay, Miss Corey, she about to get her some peen. I'm like, damn, she don't grow up on me. They, they rent hotel rooms and suites and shit. So I, I really like her relationship with Wayne. He seems to just love her for her. And so I was just really surprised when she dropped this video and she was talking about her mental health and how she almost committed the S word. You know, unfortunately, we can't use these terms here on YouTube, which is a sickening because these are real conversations. So I'm going to play you just a few snippets from this live stream that she did here um, where she talked about her mental health and the things that she's been going through as of late. So I want to share this with you guys here. 
I don't want things or I don't, I don't feel away or the, you know, like, I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but basically, um, I posted that I tried to commit suicide. Um, and, and I think it starts from my childhood, right? I grew up with two light skinned brothers. Um, you know, and I was only chocolate one. I was, I was overweight. I got lupus at six, so I was overweight. I'm being on steroids. Um, and that just automatically just messed with my health. Like I just, I've always been sad. I've always been depressed. So I feel like I just, I've been through a lot as far as my sickness and then not knowing if it was cancer, if it was lupus and then find out that it was lupus and just me being sick, dealing with stuff like that. Like I hate seeing kids sick because I've been sick. I am sick. It's a lot like body hurting. You just in pain and you're so down. You're like, what is happening to me? Like what is going on? And then you look at your brothers and your other family members like, dang, like why me? <laughs> like why? Like not saying I wish they had it, but why me? You know, why am I going through this? Why did God choose me? Why me? And I feel like I've, I've always been in the hospital. I've just always been sick. Like, it's just always been something wrong with me. And even in school, like, my when I first got lupus, my face used to peel and my hair was falling out. And just even me being dark, like, people, like, looked at me like I was an alien, like I was a muster. And I remember I got on social media when I was like 13 and my mom and dad didn't want me to because it just, I wasn't strong in there. And um, I got on there and I just got super bullied. Like people just always talk about me. Um, you're fat, you're ugly, you're dark, you're this, you're that. And I used to cry, like, I mean, cry. Like at 13, I was ready to die. Like just so sad crying in my mom, like mom, like, I'm so ugly. Like, why? Why did you have me? Why? Why do I look like this? Why don't I look like my brothers? Why? It was just so many why, 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 why? It was like, I hated everything about me. And till this day, there's a couple of things that I hate. I always look at myself and I'm just filled with disgust. So just because you have money and just because you able to do certain things that people can't do. It doesn't mean you don't have a heart. You don't have a mind. You don't have a soul. Like I go through it just like everybody else. Okay. Let me pause this real quick. Let me come back on the screen. Okay. Y'all are dragging Wayne. Is there something I don't know? I, like she's only 20. I don't follow her like that. I don't know the ins and outs of the relationship. You know what I'm saying? She's young. So I, I just don't feel like it's my business to be all up in her relationship. Like that's for like the, the tweens. But I see folks talking about Wayne's a colorist. He's a dusty. I thought he was in college. Maybe I'm wrong. Is that, that This is the same boy that she's been with for a while. Folks are saying he's a dusty. Folks are saying they found old tweets where he only wanted to date light-skinned and mixed girls. Oh, Wow. I didn't know that. Y'all put me on to something. So, I mean, is he talking to her crazy? Is that maybe where some of the depression is? Because like I said, I don't, these, these are kids to me. That's like me being all involved in my kids' friends, you know, intimate life. I don't care. I'm just trying to read the, the things. 
the boyfriend is a, okay. So people are saying he's a clout chaser. He's just dating her because she's Snoop Dogg's daughter. He has colorist tweets from last year. Now that's interesting because she's been with him for a while, huh? So what does he do? Because last time I checked, I thought he was um like in college. Okay. Well, Wayne is her boyfriend. That's who she's been with for a while. So he says things to her. Okay, so y'all are young, so y'all follow this shit. I don't. So maybe that might be some of where that is coming from. But she's still with Wayne. She was talking about how Wayne has had her back and he's a fake model. I don't, he don't give me model tees. There are three job titles. When I hear them, I, I automatically think broke. Dudes talking about their models, <laughs> producers with no credits, <laughs> and struggling actors. <laughs> so if he's talking about he's a model, what does he do for a real living? Because I've never seen him on nobody's magazine cover website layout. So what is his real job is what I'd like to know. Somebody else is saying that he treats her like a princess. Afro-Latina Tina is saying that. So like I said, I don't know the whole ins and outs. Folks are saying he's a rapper. He's a clout. He's a wannabe rapper. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna get off Wayne. Y'all done scoop me on some stuff. You know, relationships go through ups and downs. Maybe he was attracted to light-skinned girls and then he fell in love with her. Who knows? I don't know. But she goes on to talk about how um, she took a whole bottle of pills and she wanted to end it. And her aunt, she, she sent her goodbyes to everybody. And her aunt ended up calling her and she got the room number from her. Like she told her aunt the room number and then she, she blacked out. And they ended up calling the ambulance and the police and they basically rescued her. She ended up doing a 5150 hold. Very sad story. But... Corey's been through a lot. And I will say this. Um, it has to be very hard for her. Because I remember when they, who remembers when they had the Snoop Dogg show? Y'all can put a teacup if y'all remember when she had that Snoop, the, when Snoop Dogg had his own show on E. And I remember we watched it. was so It was like Doggy Fizzle, Televizzle. And I remember we watched it and it was just so funny. And I loved his dynamic with his kids. And I remember back then there was it was message boards. It wasn't all this Twitter and Instagram shit. It was message boards. So people would be like on the BT message board, the E Network message board. And I remember people were always going in on her looks. She don't look nothing like her brothers. When you look at her, all you see is her eyes. Why she's so dark? She's darker than Snoop. Folks used to pick her up. And at that time, she's probably like eight or nine. Okay. And they used to always pick her apart because she does not look like her brothers. And so I can understand how that definitely would take a toll on her self-esteem, especially as she got older. And, you know, both her brothers, you know, all these kids are adorable. You know, she's a pretty girl. Her brothers are very handsome as well. You know, but I could see how that would bother her because they were always, I mean, from the time this girl came on the scene, they've always talked about her. It also doesn't help this either. Okay, and this is what folks don't like to talk about. Because so many times people will say, love yourself and you're beautiful. And it can come from your father. It could come from the brothers. And I'm sure her father tells her that you're beautiful the way you are. You know, brothers giving their sister words of encouragement. You're beautiful. Love your brown skin. But the problem also is 
when you're that sister and you're the dark skinned sister and you see that your brothers only date women that don't look anything like you. Both her brothers have racially, racially ambiguous women, non-black women. Those are their baby's mothers. Snoop Dogg, granted Shantae's light, she's not super light, but she's caramel. Sorry to bring this up, not trying to be messy, but everybody that Snoop Dogg has cheated with, they don't look like his daughter. Hell, they don't even look like Shantae. Selena Powell and all the other women that have been named throughout the years. Very racially ambiguous, Latina looking. So that does affect young girls. You know what I'm saying? When you're saying one thing, but then people around you are doing another. You're telling me that I should love myself and love how I look. But the women who are being casted in your music video, dad, big rapper, they don't look like your daughter. They're not heavy set. They're not dark skinned. They don't have short hair. So then as a woman, you're internalizing that. And I'm just speaking, you know, from possibly how she's looking at all this stuff. She's internalizing that. Y'all are telling me that I'm beautiful. But when I look at your music video, remember, beautiful. I just want you to know you're my favorite girl. I mean, the song was called Beautiful. How many dark skin plus size women were in that video? That was her daddy's song. And I get it. You know, somebody says, um, somebody or our journey says that, you know, that's life. That's yeah. It's like life is not fair. You know, favor is not fair. Everyone cannot be, you know, a uh, uh, size two or 36, 24, you know, 55 inch ass, you know, with curly hair and caramel complected. That that's why God made us all different. So everybody's not going to look like that. But when you never see the other end of the spectrum, it does do something to women. It does do something to young girls, you know. And then also, let's not forget, you know, Snoop has also been problematic. Remember a year ago, he was getting drugged because Ari Lennox was asking for help to put on her lace front. These damn lace fronts aren't easy to put on shit. And Snoop Dogg, let me show y'all this. He came on here. He got drugged for this, too. Let me see if I can find the article. I had the article pulled up here. Oh, I got a picture of Wayne. Great. I have a picture of Wayne so I can show y'all what Wayne looks like. But let me show y'all this Ari Lennox situation real quick. Because he was drugged for this. So this is an article. Rapper Snoop Dogg dragged by black women after telling Ari Lennox to grow her own hair while trying on a wig. So this was Ari. She was trying to put on her lace front. It can be kind of tricky. And so then Snoop Dogg comes into the shade room and he says, grow your own hair. What happened to those days? And then she came back to like speak on the situation. This is what she had to say. Hi, um, I just wanted to say, I love you guys, um, but I'm gonna not stay here long. I'm gonna not stay here long. I just wanted to say that um, to all the self-hating Twitter hotep weirdo fucks, um, can you show me the video where I was backing Snoop? Can you please show me this video? Because it doesn't exist. There was only one person who I was backing earlier this year Okay, so that's all I wanted to talk about. 
All right, just real quick. Just wanted to clear that up. When have I ever, I haven't. So all these false narratives, you can just eat them. I just wanna say that black women are the, we're amazing, gorgeous beings. And I think it's amazing the versatility that we possess. And I think it's pretty telling because there are so many cultures and just different ethnicities that are inspired by us. And I think it's really dope that we use lace fronts for just casually because it's fire and they're finest. Okay. I can't take the beeping out. Shade room is so stupid. They try and beep out cuss words, but they keep a bunch of mess going. Just let her talk freely. So, you know, that was Ari's response to Snoop. And a lot of people ended up going to Snoop's daughter's page and they attacked her because they felt like, okay, your dad got a lot to say, but you wear lace front wigs or, you know, why ain't he talking about his daughter? You know, she, she her hair's short and people were like just going in on her. And the girl's already dealing with like low self-esteem and depression issues. So I thought that was like whack for people who went on her page and attacked her. Um, this is Wayne, her boyfriend, for y'all who didn't know. Let me show y'all what Wayne looks like. Like I said, the way she talked about him in this video, I thought, you know, he was the one for her. But y'all are saying something different, honey. But that's Wayne. That's her boyfriend. She's been with them for, you know, at least two, three years now. He has set up some type of dinner or something for her. Maybe she paid for it the way y'all are talking. <laughs> but that's Wayne. You know, handsome guy. I think they make a cute couple. But, you know, if he's not treating her right, that's sad. So, again, like I was saying, I think a lot of this stuff does affect young girls. Because, you know, yeah, the dad can tell her till he's blue in the face that she's gorgeous. But then when he's attacking other black women online, he's also posted pictures of like black women's before and afters. Like, you know, if they don't have on makeup versus when they have on makeup. And it's usually dark skinned women that they'll post and clown and roast, you know. So I think for her, she does internalize a lot of that stuff. I mean, think about it. And I think that's part of the issue, too, with Regine, why she's so over the top at times. Because, again, her father had one of the biggest platforms in hip hop. But all he talked about was red bones, light-skinned women. That's all he put in his videos. But then when you look at Lil Wayne's daughter, she looks nothing like the women that you're casting in your videos. So what are you subconsciously telling your female child when they don't look like that? You know, so that's why as parents, we have to reiterate self-loving our children and let them know that no matter what these rappers say, who cares? You're beautiful. You will find somebody, you know, you're fine just the way you are. But it, it does. It is a lot harder, though, when your father is that person putting out that imagery, you know, and it's, it's just really sad. And that's why when I got on Gilbert Arenas, it really pissed me off because I felt like I'm the only one saying something about him constantly attacking Lupita Nyong'o. She's done nothing to this man. He's always attacking her skin color and none of the black male collective, and I'm talking about in hip hop, not regular guys on social media, are holding him to task or checking him. But as soon as something happens to the black male collective, they're all coming together. You know, but they're not checking them when they're disrespecting somebody who's done nothing to Gilbert Arenas. I'm like, why isn't Snoop coming out the woodwork and saying something? You have a dark skinned daughter who's gone on several media tours to talk about her issues with her skin tone. Why y'all not checking him? 
you know, so it's it's really sad. And I feel bad for her, but I'm so happy that she was saved, you know, and that she's she's trying to get better. And I also feel like another thing that's also compounding onto her depression and onto the things that she's going through is being sick. And she, and I didn't know she'd been as sick as long as she's been sick. I knew she had lupus, but I didn't know. I didn't hear about it until she was like in her teens. I didn't know she had been dealing with just being sick constantly since she was six years old. So that's another thing that will cause depression when you're when you're sick like that and you're constantly dealing with pain and having to be on pain medicine and having to go back and forth to the doctors. And, you know, as somebody who's been sick my whole damn life, I definitely understand where she's coming from with that. That's one thing I always tell people that it's such a blessing to be healthy. Like people take their health for granted. That's why I used to piss me off when people get, you know, addicted to like drugs and alcohol. And it's like, you're healthy. There's nothing wrong with you. Like how dare you put all these poisons into your body? But then I have to let that go and understand that's not my journey. And people, everybody has their own vices. It's not for me to judge. All I can do is just figure out how to take care of my health and try and make it another year. But uh, yeah, it, it really it really made me sad when she was just talking about like the pain and just everything she's gone through medically. Because a lot of times you don't know what people are going through. You know what I'm saying? You can put on the makeup and the wigs and the stuff, but, but you, you don't know what happens once this camera turns off, you know, and some days I have to drag myself out of bed. And some days I want to live stream, but I can't because I don't have the energy to give to you guys. And I'm not going to come on here on some woe is me and I'm in pain and this and that. And that's one thing I was promised myself. Never go live if you're not feeling up to it because it just brings down the audience. So I, I really felt her about that. And I'm glad that she was able to open up about just the battles and the struggles and the things that she's gone through. You know, because there's a lot of people out here in this world. And I guess I kind of learned more about that being exposed to YouTube because I used to just think like, oh, it's just me. And everybody else is so healthy. Like, I was never able to play sports. So, yeah, low-key, I live vicariously through my sons, right? Because I, I couldn't play sports growing up. Physically, I just couldn't do it. But my brothers, you know what I'm saying? They were always healthy. They, you know, oh, God, they're hoopers, right? So I've always been into sports. But unfortunately for me, I can't play. So it's like you live vicariously through other people and the things that they can do. And one thing about coming on to, like, YouTube and social media, I learned that there's people who deal with all types of stuff. You know, there's people who are even worse off than me. There's people, you know, who are diagnosed with cancer and they're trying to, you know, make it day to day and they're going through treatments. So we, we all go through things, you know, so just be grateful for the life that you have for your health. You may not be the richest person. You may not be the most prettiest. You may not have the most followers, but you're healthy and you're here to see another day because there's somebody who didn't wake up today there's somebody who's in the hospital. There's somebody who has to be on all types of pain meds just to make it through. There's somebody who has to take, you know, 20 pills a day just to function, you know, who are on daily medication for the rest of their life like I am. So be, be grateful. I think a lot of times we're not grateful for the small things in life. You know, we're always looking at what somebody else has, especially when it comes to materialism but we're not looking at the things that we just should be grateful for. So I, I, I'm just really, I'm just proud of her. I'm just proud of her for speaking her truth and, and sharing that. That was very intimate. That's hard to talk about. It's hard to talk about suicide attempts and the times that you felt so down 
that you couldn't see a light beyond that tunnel. You know, I've been in those dark places and I know a lot of you guys have been in those dark spaces, you know, but by the grace of God, she came up out of that. And I just think that's amazing. And I just wish that, you know, her father would show more public support of her and her struggles and, you know, talk to her and, you know, maybe do like a father daughter podcast or something, you know, where she, or maybe she can just start her own podcast where she just talks about stuff and gets things off her chest. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of other young girls who are also dealing with lupus and, and things like that. So yeah. Yeah, man, that was, that was powerful. If you guys, it's about a 30 minute video, so y'all can go and watch it. But um, it was very powerful to just watch her just, just be open and honest you know, and just be vulnerable. And it just let people know that everybody's life is not perfect. Doesn't matter who your parents are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. Everybody's going through their struggles. Um, let's see here. Uh, Tina Turner sent 10. Thank you so much, Tina. Uh, let's see here. Kay Bryant sent $100. Wow. Thank you so much, Kay. She says, hey, T, I know what you mean. I'm a black woman and a chef. I've worked in many kitchens since I was 19. I'm now 29. And you're right. You have to set boundaries, especially in a male-dominated industry. Mm. Thank you for bringing that up. And I think that's where I get that kind of tough mentality from because I come from the IT industry. After I left corporate, like doing, you know, collections, auto finance, then I did IT for several years. And that is very male-dominated. It's very white male-dominated. And not to be funny, but a lot of times when you work with young white males, they kind of have that locker room behavior, you know, that um, boys will be boys type shit. So, yeah, a lot of times you do got to nip it in the butt, you know, or like when I would go in and wear my Afro and they're like, oh, you know, you know, like jokes, don't, you know, the black power fist or wanting to touch my hair like, bro, steps. Step off. You know what I mean? So just sometimes you do. Imagine if I just didn't see it, say anything. I just constantly let them pat my hair just because they, you know, for good luck or whatever the hell they were trying to do it for. You know, so you do have to set boundaries, especially in male dominated industries. I definitely agree. So thank you so much for that, sis. Um, let's see here. Deja Weiss says, hey, T, I've been going through a lot lately. Found out my boyfriend of four years cheated on me with my friend and got her pregnant. Whew. You don't know how much you're helping me by being here. Love you lots, sis. Wow. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry you're going through that. Not only did he cheat, he cheated with a friend and she's pregnant. So they didn't even have the audacity to use protection. So he's messing with you, Ra, messing with her, Ra, and got her pregnant. And, you know, when I was speaking last week and I was talking about Portia, you know, it kind of brings me back to Portia. The girl code situation is dead. There, there's really no girl code. You know, it'd be nice if there, there's just really not. That's your own friend. That's sad. That's sad. You know, and look at it like this. You dodged a bullet. Look at it like that. That baby is his and her headache for the next however many years. He'll be dealing with child support. Because see, one thing is this. When people connect on a foul level like that, based off of lust, 
and the Jezebel spirit, and not just your friend's Jezebel spirit, because some of these dudes, I don't know what you call it for a man, some of these guys are running around with a damn Jezebel spirit too. Maybe it's a John spirit. Y'all can tell me, because I don't know what they call for a man. But there's like a sexual demonic spirit out here, you know what I'm saying, that's jumping into folks, honey. So they definitely deserve each other. But see, when you build something on dishonesty, and off of another woman's heartache and pain, just understand that's the same grave that you're digging for yourself, okay? And as much as it hurts right now, sis, and as bad as you feel, trust me, I've been there, okay? Karma may not happen a year from now, but it eventually will happen. And it, it's, it's, just, it's just the sweetest thing to watch. So don't dumb yourself down, don't belittle yourself, don't play tit for tat like, well, I'm about to get pregnant by him now. Don't you be pregnant too because she's pregnant. Let him go. That was the sign for you to get about this situation. He's not the one for you. Let him and her do their own little thing. She's no friend. He's no boyfriend. As much as it hurts and it's horrible, cut them both out. But if you think they're going to be happy, mm-mm, mm-mm. Anything built on lust and deviousness, it's not going to last. And it's really sad that there's just, somebody called it a Jamal spirit. Chad, man, that's what we need to call it. We got a Jezebel spirit and a damn Jamal spirit. <laughs> well, I gotta be Jamal though. <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's sad. It's sad. And, and the thing is, now you see how a lot of women are like, oh, that's messed up. But because we talked about Portia, look how many folks, not in necessarily my chat, but on social media were defending Portia. Even got mad at me for holding her feet to the fire. Oh, you're mean. It ain't that serious. She got a bag. You see how quick we're so quick to just dismiss our morals, our integrity, because somebody has money. All of a sudden, this dude, Simon, has now become some sort of high, that's the new word that y'all are using, high value. He's now being seen as a high value man because he's worth $40 million. Says who? How value is not what you're worth. It's your integrity. It's how you treat the person that you're with. It's how you treat your relationship. If your only value in a man is how much he has, that says more about you than even that shitty ass man. Simon had no value for failing their marriage, their eight children. So I don't have no respect for him or Portia. Her moves are disgusting. His moves are just as disgusting. But people will co-sign it and excuse it because she's famous. It's sad. There is no girl code. It's out the window. So I think, you know, for the women, just be smart and keep an eye. And when you get those feelings, because I'm sure there were signs, but you ignored it because it was your best friend and your man. You know? Like there was even a post somebody posted on um, uh, the shade room. A girl said that she was upset because they were at the park, her and a man. And um, it was like the... The kids, the kids were friends. So they're at the park with the kids. And so she wanted to schedule a play date. So she said, okay, well, can you give me your number so we can schedule a play date for the kids? And the husband said, I'll give you my wife's number. You can schedule the play date with my wife. 
And the woman had another post on, post on social media. She was mad. I don't like when men have to ask for permission from their wives. That's bullshit. I just want our kids to play together. If you want them to play together, bitch, then you contact the wife and you set up a play date. The fact that you're mad and you're ranting on social media lets me know that you probably want to play with more than just, you know what I'm saying, the kids playing together. Sounds like you want to play with the damn husband on the low. So you got to watch out for shit like that. The girl who posted that, if I was her friend, I'd definitely be giving her the side eye. You sound suspect. Because why would you want to talk to another woman's husband when you can talk to her directly? That makes no sense. And why put that man in a situation to where he has to talk to some another female behind his wife's back? So women do a lot of real sneaky, sly shit. You know, but when you call it out, you're mean, you're not standing next, you know, you're not supporting girl code. I don't support bullshit. And just because we both have vaginas don't mean that I, I support it. And that's the problem. You have too many women will co-sign stuff just because we're women and we're supposed to be against men. No, wrong is wrong. Right is right. Period. Point blank. It does not matter your gender. So I not went totally left. But that that message just like really got to me. So I'm, I'm just once again, I'm sorry that you're going through that. I'm really sorry that you're going through that. So I hope this dream, you know, makes you feel a little bit better. Um, let's see here. LSM. Sent 20 says, hey, T, you've been such an inspiration to me. I followed your advice many times before. And today I was approved to buy a home. Yes. Thanks. I got the greatest interest rate. Yay. <laughs> that makes me so happy. I just love when I hear stuff like that. Amen. Congratulations. And I pray that you get the home. Just like that sister who um, came and gave her testimony when we had the Zoom meeting, she said she watched my live stream while I was telling folks, if you can get a house, this is the time to do it because these companies are buying up these single family homes. She went, she applied, and she's moving into a brand new townhome in North Carolina. So God is good. I'm glad that you were able to just listen and, and you went and you took full advantage. We need more home ownership. Like I've been telling y'all, home ownership is the key. That is, I mean, just investing in that, that is something you can leave your children, equity, you can borrow against it. We need to push stuff like that, especially in the black community. So congratulations to you. I'm just, I'm super proud of you because you've been here for years. So congratulations. Um, let's see here. Brittany Nicole says, someone said that Simon looked like Trick Daddy's uncle. Y'all are a mess. Like Trick Daddy's uncle, Portia is trifling for that. It's too many men out here for that BS. Yeah. It's also called low self-esteem. See, a lot of times y'all think because these women are pretty, especially with heavy makeup and, you know, the latest hairstyles and, and clothes, all that don't mean shit. It's about what's in here. And a lot of these folks, you can tell by their actions, they have low self-esteem. All that bragging and hooping and hollering on reality television, a lot of them have low self-esteem. Because when your self-esteem is high, you don't have to brag. You don't have to front. You damn sure don't have to do sneaky shit to get another woman's man to feed your ego. So it's sad. It's sad. Uh, let's see here. Fine and Frugal says, are you talking about Jamal Bryant? Who Chile? He a cheater too, but no, we weren't talking about him. But you know, now that you brought him up, <laughs> I know he's getting back with Giselle. Good luck to them on that. 
And again, and Giselle is a beautiful woman. And he was still slinging his peen out here, knocking up all types of women, having side babies. Oh, did I get kicked off? Oh, they just kicked me off the live stream. All right, the stream is over, you guys. Thank you for joining me. I don't know if y'all can, I, I don't know, can y'all see me? Can y'all see me or no? Okay, looks like I'm back. It like kicked me off. I'm trying to see if y'all can see me or not. I'm refreshing my pages. Okay, y'all can see me? Okay, I don't know why it had kicked me off. Okay, I hit refresh. Okay, cool, y'all can see me? See, we start talking about real stuff like home ownership and look what, you see that? When we were talking about foolishness, no, no issue. As soon as you start talking some real stuff, the stream is getting grainy now. If the screen is turning black. So that just lets me know it's time for me to go. Um, let's see. I've been out here for an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, it's definitely time for me to go. YouTube is like, get your ass out of here. Um, so this has been a great live. Thank you to all 12,000 people who came through. Thank you guys for checking me out. Thank you, everybody, for the super chats, for just the support. I really appreciate it. So I'll talk to you guys later, and I'll be back sometime during the week. So you guys have a good evening. Bye.